Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come to you this afternoon humbled, humbled by your desire to have a relationship with us. Humble because you want to not just walk with the church. You want to walk with each and every one of us individually. I thank you for putting a spark in our soul. For all those that, that are set on fire for you, I thank you for those souls that answered your call. But I also want to pray for those souls that don't know about your fire yet that can't put a finger on the heat that you provide them. Because you provide heat for everyone. Your energy is around each and every one of us, but it's up to us to feel it, God. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for your church. As different reminders, as different signposts to direct us toward. We thank you again for being our mighty God. And I pray that we will never forget what you have done in our life and what you are doing in our life and what you will do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been a great time of worshiping God. Great time of singing. Glad to hear uh, some of Martina's story and how God has been working in her life. And I'm looking forward to the fellowship afterwards that we can talk about how God is working in each and every one of our lives. I thank you for coming and worshiping God with us this afternoon. There's a lot of places that you can be right now. But you want to be where the fire is, amen? And the fire is where God is being praised. For those that don't know, we've been going through a series on the different names of God. And we, I know for me personally, it has been very helpful understanding the personality of God. You know, as I think about God, if he was just a regular friend in my neighborhood, you know, would he be, you know, a guy that keeps up his yard very well, you know? Would he be a guy of gadgets where he always have the latest iPhone? I always have the latest Nikes on or whatever the new cool shoes are that I don't know what is. <laughs> but one thing that I understand more than I did before we started is that God wants to reveal himself to me. That God wants to reveal himself to you that he wants to win over our hearts, win over our allegiance, win over our friendship. And definitely to win over him being Lord. And the name that we're going to focus on this afternoon is the Lord who sanctifies. Jehovah Mekadishkum. I don't know when the last time you said Mekadishkum. But it's probably been a while. So what we're going to do, we're going to have an awesome opportunity to dive in. Is What does that mean? What does that mean to be sanctified by God? And answer, how can we be sanctified by God as well? If you could turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to start in the New Testament and backtrack to the Old.
Because it's very important to understand what God is trying to do in our lives. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 here, I'll read uh, verse 5 through 10. He says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scrolls. I have come to do your will, my God. Jesus speaking here. Verse 8, it says, first he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. Though they were offered in accordance with the law, then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. But then the part that really beckons my soul and helps us be able to see God, verse 10, it says, And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Holiness, being sanctified, Jehovah Makadishkum. What does that mean to be sanctified? Sanctified is to be set apart, right? To be set apart as holy. I'm not just talking about time out, right? We all have some set apart time. You know, be it in the corner or we have for our kids or even personally. We're like, okay, I need a time out. We never say I need some time of sanctification, right? Because what we're talking about here is something that only God can do. We don't sanctify ourselves. We don't sanctify someone else. This is something that only our God Jehovah, Yahweh can do. So, sanctification, set apart as holy. As we follow Jesus, as we decide to follow Jesus, if we're not, that's what he's calling us to, is a life of holiness, and he's selecting us. But I ask you guys this question. Have you ever won a raffle before? Have you ever entered a raffle and won one? Show of hands if you use one of those lucky people. Oh, we got quite a few. How did you feel when you was picked among dozens or hundreds or thousands of people for your raffle? Felt great. Special. Lucky. Happy. Every once in a while disappointed because you wanted that other gift, but not, not too often, right? But that's how it is when it comes to our relationship with God, is that he wants to select us to be sanctified and to be holy. And I want to take a journey with us today to really convince each and every one of us that God truly does want a relationship with us. And not only does he want a relationship with us, he wants to set us apart to be holy and to figure out, okay, what is being holy? Is, is holy just what I listen to or what I don't do? Or is holy something that I live out? What is it according to the scriptures? Jesus, when he was praying before uh, being crucified, he talked about sanctifying the future believers and the disciples. Sanctifying, setting them apart for his good work and by truth. 
Sanctification, as I mentioned earlier, it only comes through God. But what gets in the way? That's the big question, right? If we got sanctification on this side of the stage, what's on this side of the stage? Yes, you got damnation. You got condemnation. This is this side. So we were all here before Jesus came into our life. We were all on this side where we were down on ourselves, where we were, hey, Clint, you can't do anything. You try, but you can't do it. That's what the world tells us. That's what Satan tells us. But that's partly true, right? Because, as we mentioned, I can't make myself holy. I can't take myself from this side of the stage to this side of the stage. That's where Jesus comes into the picture, right? Even though I just walked from one side of the stage to the other. That was a magic trick, right? But sanctification, being holy, that's something that only comes through God. So the question I have for us and one of the things we're going to look at is what's competing with us? What's competing as as we have condemnation on one side and sanctification on the other side? What is God trying to do to take us from one area to the other? And what I want to do, I want to look at a couple passages here. Because in the Old Testament, Jehovah Mekadishkin, Lord who sanctifies, it's only mentioned four times in the Old Testament. Just four times. Now I want to look at two real quickly. If you could turn with me to Leviticus chapter 20, we're going to look at something here about what God says about this sanctification process. What does it look like? So here in Leviticus chapter 20, uh, for those that don't know, Leviticus, that was just laying out what the priests, the duties of the priests were. You know, the Levites, you know, Leviticus, Levites. It was, it was really laying the foundation for the Israelites on what holiness is, what a relationship with God truly is. And so we pick up here in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. We'll read verse 7 and 8 here. It says, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord. I'm the Lord who what? Who makes you holy. The Lord is the only one that can transform us. But one thing that he says in verse 8, he said what? Keep my decrees and follow them. I mean, how many of you guys like being bossed around? We got any uh, people that just love it? Okay, we got one. Amen. We got one guy amongst about 120. That says, please tell me what to do. Please. Most of us don't like it, right? Like, we, we see stop signs. I know some of you guys are like that too. Like, oh, yeah. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going. You got a red light. And you're like, hey, man, it's people going through the intersections. What do you do? You stop. Hey, man, please stop. We're not that rebellious. But, but that's so true is that we don't really like people telling us what to do. I mean, I remember uh, I had to work on my heart. Uh, you know, like when you're driving, and I've seen this amongst couples and people in general, and you know where you're going, but then a person in the passenger seat said, oh, yeah, it's the second right. You're like, oh, I know where I'm going already. You don't have to tell me that. 
You don't have to boss me around. They're like, okay, they're not really trying to boss you around. They just want to make sure you don't miss your turn. But because we just don't like instructions, we was like, hey, you don't have to tell me. I got a driver's license <laughs> that I just lost. But I got a driver's license, right? And that continues to come up in our life because it's always somebody telling us what to do, right? Be it the authorities, be it our boss, be it at home. People are always telling us what to do. But God says, keep my decrees and follow them. Have holiness be involved. So it's just not because he's bossy. He has a plan for each and every one of us is that if we have ears, we can hear. We can have that opportunity to let him talk to us. So that, that was the first instance of Jehovah Mechadishkim. But two chapters later, in Leviticus chapter 22, we see another instance of that term here. In Leviticus 22, verse 31, it says, Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy name, for I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who made you holy and brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Have you guys ever tried to, tried to take matters in your own hand before? Yeah, we got a couple more. We got a couple more if we've done that one. Sometimes we, we just like to do things our way, right? God is up there. He's created the universe, which... I've checked all of our resumes, and none of us have done that yet, right? He's created us. He's given us life and given us breath. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Word of God. He has given us so much, but we're like, God, you've done so much. Let me do some stuff for you. Let me, run your, let me roll your crown for a little while. But he says, keep my commands. Keep the crown where it needs to be. And as Damaris did a great job singing, let the king be the king. Let the king be who he was made to be. But one of the other things that I've noticed in the same chapter in Leviticus that I want to camp out at is that what are the things that can devastate our holiness? Because we established that God is the one that makes holy, right? Clint can't make us holy. You guys, we can't make each other holy. The only person that could do it is God through Jesus Christ. Amen. So what are the things that, that really muffle and resist the work of God being enacted in our life? And I want to look at three quick things, three quick things about how God, God has to overcome and we have to overcome in our own lives so that we can be holy as God makes us holy. In Leviticus chapter 20, I want to start with the first one. Verse 2, you guys with me? In verse 2, look at Leviticus. This is the first one that he brought up, which is one that even scares me that this is the issue. I guess let's go ahead and start in verse 1. It says, the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, any Israelite or any alien living in Israel who gives any of his children to Molech must be put to death. 
the people of the community are to stone him. What we're going to do, we're going to look at a couple verses here. And I just want to highlight the verses where God says specifically, if you do this, the consequence is death. Not just because I'm a, I'm a, a death promoter or whatever the case may be, but because these are the things that are serious to our God who makes us holy. And if we can understand what's serious to God, we can understand what we need to take seriously, personally. And he says here that those that give their children to Molech, sacrificing their children to Molech, those people must be stoned. And I think about now, I don't know anybody who's going to sacrifice their kids to any God. We're, we're way too far removed from that. But are we? How many things do we give our children to that they have almost no time to be with you and to follow your instructions, for you to have quiet times with them because they just, their schedule is almost busier than your schedule. They're five years old. They're 12 years old. They're 17 years old. And what, what I've noticed that we got to really watch for sacrificing our kids to activities. That we're giving our children to all these. Our kids, they play soccer. They play uh, T-ball. They play three instruments. They speak five languages. And you're like, wait a second now. Are you speaking God's language with our children? And me and my wife, we, we get to talk about this. We got two children. And I can already see how life can get crazy just with two children because we still got each other so we got four people that we're trying to juggle schedules in and I'm seeing that God took this seriously because some 3,000 years later we're dealing with it as well where we have to say no to this that I know I want my kid to be the the, the next president but it's much more important for me to see my kid in heaven one day. And sometimes that means that they're not going to play soccer every time soccer comes around. Because it comes around often. And that, that does, sometimes that means they don't play soccer and t-ball at the same time. And play an instrument. And you're like, no, son, you, you're going to have to dream about playing that instrument. But I want to really challenge us to really look at what's going on in our households. Are we sacrificing our children to activities as opposed to giving them to God? Devastating. Our relationship with God, that can devastate it by letting something else take the place of it. The other thing that can de devastate us is our relationship with others. Having keeping relationship with others in proper perspective. Here in verse 9, of Leviticus chapter 20. And I'm going to read through. These are some of the things that God thought was punishable by death. If anyone curses his father or mother, he must be put to death. He has cursed his father and mother, and his blood will be on his own head. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has dishonored his father 
Both the man and the woman must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. If a man sleeps with his daughter-in-law, both of them must be put to death. What they have done is perversion. Their blood will be on their own heads. If a man lies with a man as one lies with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. They must be put to death. Their blood be on their own heads. If a man marries both a woman and her mother, it is wicked. Both he and they must be burned in the fire so that no wickedness will be among you. If a man has sexual relations with an animal, he must be put to death and you must kill the animal. Verse 16, if a woman approaches an animal to have sex relation with them, kill both the woman and the animal. They must be put to death. Their blood will be on their head. God is taking relationships very seriously. And how sometimes we, we see relationships as flippant is that we'll, we'll backstab somebody. We'll badmouth somebody. We'll gossip against somebody in a quick second. But God is saying that this will devastate your holiness. I've made you to be holy. I have called you from this world. You're still in it so that you can help the world come and see me. But he said these things here, these things are serious. When it comes to relationships with other people, especially when it comes to intimacy, he said this is important. Y'all make sure you hold this to highest regard because once you cross that line, and we probably all can experience this in some form or another, it's tough to go back. Even though God has much more mercy because adultery happens often. Divorce, it happens often. It's a lot of things that happen within these scriptures that happen often and we're still lost. We're still here. But God is trying to teach us is that I made you for something different than that. Even though I've given, I've given you this passion, I've given you this. You're supposed to have that passion, but it's supposed to be used in its proper form. Amen. That's what he was really trying to nail home here is that, yes, I've provided you these things, but we use it the way he planned it to be used. So one thing, another thing that would devastate our holiness, our sanctification, is our relationship with others and seeing people in the light that they were not created to be. In the last one, here at the end of Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27, it talks about a man or a woman who is a medium or spiritist among you must be put to death. You are to stone them. Their blood will be on their own heads. You may ask yourself, okay, what does a medium or a spiritist have to do? Why is that in the same category as adultery, as immorality, as dishonoring my parents? Why is that in the same category? What does a medium and a spiritist do? They try to take the place of God. They try to say, I know the future better than the one who created the future. I know what's going to happen to you when the only one who truly knows is God. 
And that's one of the scariest things, that, as I mentioned earlier, that we really have to watch out for is that we don't want to play God. You know, I mean, you, many of you may have seen the Bruce Almighty movie, right? You know, he was just answering emails for God one day, and that was overwhelming as the emails kept on popping through. And him being able to hear the voices of people praying and requesting and urging him to do their will. We don't want to be God, amen? But we got to act like it, right? What does that require? That requires more hands going up when it comes to do you want to follow instruction? Or do you even like it, right? It takes more than one hand. And I'm glad that one hand is in kids' kingdom. So he's teaching our kids to follow instructions, amen? Be submissive. In all seriousness, he says here that if you're a medium or if you're a spiritist, if you act like you know better than me, I have no place for you. And if we're going to be holy, if we're going to be sanctified, we're going to continue to let God purify us, we have to have the right relationship with him, have the, the relationship with others, and definitely let him be who he is. Don't let ourself get in the way, because we could probably all contest that ourself is, is our biggest critic, our biggest enemy, but we want it, we want it to be different uh, for us. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to transform into letting God be who he is as opposed to us being it? Because in order for us to even function in life, we need rules. We need guidelines. And I, I appreciate uh, new daddy uh, Dante uh, here. And it looks like attendance's parents are here as well. Um, they just had a baby not too long ago. But I remember... Uh, one of the couples, uh, Adam and Bethany Smith, they gave them a car seat. And I was dropping off the car seat to Dante, and I was like, hey, Dante, here it is. I was like, hey, do you know how to install the car seat? And he was like, no. <laughs> no, I know, I know what it looks like. But he then was very humble in letting me instruct him. He didn't try to play that, oh, yeah, I know how this thing works. And then, you know, put the seatbelt over it and all this kind of stuff. And the baby's like, I don't need to be riding in this. <laughs> that wasn't what he did. Instead, like God desires for us, he listened, he got instruction, and he was able to take care of his little man who loves to smile. I don't know if y'all seen pictures, but he is a smiler, man. He is a smiler. But it's awesome when we understand that God is trying to lead us into a good place. Dante, he understood that I wasn't there to, to browbeat him or say, hey, you this or that because you don't know how to put in a car seat. And God, he's the same way. He's not trying to browbeat us. He wants us to have a relationship with him, and he's trying to show us what it looks like. And the adage is still true. You catch more bees with honey than whatever it is that the adage says. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Vinegar, thank you. Thank you. I got into it, and I was like, oh, it's no turning back, brother. It's no turning back. I got to keep walking. But you catch more bees with honey 
than you do with vinegar. And God understands that because he made the honey and the bees and most likely the vinegar too. I'm not sure where vinegar comes from. <laughs> but are we ready? Are we ready to submit to God and his guidelines? Because he said he wants to sanctify us for something that's better. Something that's holy. And in 1 Peter, I want to look at this, this scripture here because Leviticus, it, it really helps us understand what God sees as important. He definitely sees our children as important. He definitely sees parents as important for children to submit to them. Relationships, very important. Our bodies, very important. God sees all those things as important. Why? Why does he see it that way? In 1 Peter chapter 1, read this along with me. We'll start here in verse 13. He says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Verse 14, as obedient children, so the guidelines are there, right? The rules are there. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance before you knew God. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. I love this scripture because God has an expectation for us to be like him. He wants us to be like him. He don't want to say, he don't want you to try to call the shots and take his place. But when it comes to being set apart, he says, I have a desire for my teens, for my marriage, my singles, for every single person I want to make you holy. I love the series that we've been doing with the, the Wednesday digging deeper and going over the names of God because I'm understanding better what it is to walk with God. What it is to be in step with the Spirit. Because as we continue to understand what, what it is, we're able to live it out. We're able to be what God wants us to be. And when it comes to giving forgiveness to somebody, when you walk in by God and then it comes from me, it's time to forgive somebody. Oh, yeah, that's easy. Because number one, I'm where I want to be because I'm with God. And number two, it's nothing that somebody can do that can take away my walk with God. So forgiveness is much easier when we're walking with God as opposed to not. When it comes to anger or fits of rage, if I'm walking and I see that shadow and you see the big old shadow on this God, and I get an opportunity to flex some anger and fits of rage, I'm like, no. I've been made holy by God. I don't want that anymore. I have no desire for that because I'm where I want to be. I'm walking with God. And this series has really helped me out with that. And as I shared on Wednesday, a lot of times I feel more like a, a servant as opposed to a friend of God. So this is truly helping me to walk with God where he's loving up on me, he's instructing me, he's asking me, hey, what do you think? 
What do you think about your son, Nicholas? Clint. I'm like, yeah, he's a rambunctious young man, God. Thank you for giving me him. And we want to have that type of walk with God, right? Well, we're just conversing with him because it's just that natural. The creator wants to walk with his creation. He wants to make us holy. He wants to take care of us. Now, what do we do with that? What do we do with it? How do we go from condemnation to sanctification? Now, I want to point us back to the scripture we looked at at the very beginning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. I'll just read it to you guys. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. That's the secret, right? Jesus Christ, when it comes to our family members and them overcoming struggles, the answer is Jesus Christ. He can make us holy. When it comes to broken relationships, forgiveness has haven't been extended yet. What's the answer? It's Jesus because he already forgave us when he went to the cross. When it comes to not knowing where I'm going in life, What's going to be my next chapter in life? What's going to be my career? What am I going to do with my education, with college? Remember, with Christ, he can make us holy. So if we have that part down, the other part, it'll work itself out. Because if we walk with God, he will point us in the right direction. Amen. I want to end asking the question I've begun with. Have you ever been selected for something out of a crowd? All of our hands didn't go up. Um, I mean, they're going up now. Oh, yeah. Amen. Thank you. It was rhetorical, but I forgot to say that. But all of our hands didn't go up. But one thing I'm very resolute in, believing, the conviction, is that God wants all of us to be selected. He wants us to see this little love story that talks about him, that describes him. He wants us to understand that he was revealing himself to us so that we can walk with him, that we can desire to walk with him, to understand that he wants to select us because he has a plan for us. He has a plan not only for you, but to work through you with family members with friends, with neighbors, and believe in that, that he wants to work through you. He wants to sanctify us. He wants to set us apart because he has great work for us to do. Amen. We've got to let Jesus do his work. We've all been selected, but will we answer the call? Will we answer when he tries to take us through that sanctification process. And if you're thinking like, man, I'm afraid, Clint. I don't want to go through that process. I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side when God gets through with me. I tell you, Jesus went through that, and he's in heaven with God right now. And that's where I want to see all of us one day, is in heaven one day celebrating with God, saying that we've made it. God has saw us through. But until then, we got some work to do. We got some convincing to do.
And if you're wondering to yourself, it's like, okay, what do I do? I don't even know where to start. I haven't read my Bible in months and years and decades and never. Talk to the person that brought you here. Have them sit down with you and help you as you get started on your journey. Because I promise you that sanctification is much better than condemnation. Amen. Can I get a man for that? It is much better than condemnation. So as we uh, continue to go throughout this week, as we continue to delve into who God is, let's remember that Jehovah is the one that wants to sanctify. He wants to pluck us, dust us off, and send us off into this world. I love you guys. Thank you for listening and for God to be the glory. Amen? Amen. Um, my name is Mark Pond with a C. Um, thank you, Clint. Thank you. Um, I do believe that these last few Sundays, even the whole summer has just been a special time, you know, with the VBS and Judy headed that up and she did it. She got a lot of help with it. Of course, let's give her a hand for that. Um, but all of our, all of our, um, you know, our, our evangelists have just been helping us to dig deeper. And today was just no different. And you know what? When I hear this kind of preaching, I do get kind of fearful. I get scared because it digs deep into my heart and my relationship.